With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Buffalo Bills entered the 2022 season with a shit ton of pressure on them. Now, expectations haven't been this high in Buffalo since Brett Hall scored a perfectly legal overtime goal 23 years ago. Now, the Bills looked good last night, despite turning the ball over four times and only winning 31-10 when they should have won 75-0. They look good. Josh Allen is a stud, but OMG, does Sean McDermott need to control the stupid? When you're up 31 to 10 with four minutes left in the game, it's week one of 17. It may not be in Allen's best interest to run the ball and drop his shoulder. I get that he's a tough guy. I get that Josh Allen's legs are weapons. But maybe give yourself up and not take the punishment week one of the fucking season. Somebody needs to show Allen some Cam Newton film and what happens to your career when your body gets beat up. McDermott was in Carolina. He saw it firsthand. Maybe somebody needs to explain to McDermott that, you know, feeding your quarterback to the Wolves isn't the normal way to do things. Outside of Allen, Stephon Diggs slapped around the Rams secondary. The Bills run game was great, then they fumble. Then they'd be great again, and then they would fumble. Buffalo may need to clear that up moving forward. Not every team has the overrated Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Other teams may make you pay. Now, one player that really stood out last night was Vaughn Miller. Miller and Tom Brady are living proof that senior citizens can do anything if they set their mind to it. Vaughn Miller is going to be a fucking problem in the NFL. Like the old man is playing like his Super Bowl MVP season 45 years ago. Honestly, at this point, the only team that probably has a legitimate chance at beating the Bills is the Buffalo Bills themselves. Like, it's gross. I'm already sick of it. Now, Buffalo will lose a game this season. I don't know when. I hope it's the Super Bowl. But they will lose. But I'll tell you right now, when they do lose it, it won't be because the other team matched their talent. It'll be because Buffalo let it happen. You know, the NFL had the chance to do the right thing. I believe that the NFL was going to be on the right side of history for the first time ever. Unfortunately, the NFL did what the NFL does. The impact that they've had on Toronto FC, it, it's undeniable. I understand that you have to defend your quarterback. I understand that you just can't come out and, you know, say, well, you know, we don't want this Sean anyways. I understand. I get it. I have to do this because I have to appreciate it.
Yes, we're back and welcome to Ray Sports Rain. I'm Ray Rout, and I'm sitting in that sports director's chair of the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Thank you, everybody, who's tuning in. Make sure that you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and never miss an episode of Ray Sports Rant. And you can also find tons and tons of other great sports content over at DeanBlundell.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I am flying solo tonight. No guests, just me talking about sports. And I got a whole lot I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about Major League Baseball and their new rule changes. I want to talk about the toxic, toxic, toxic New England Patriots media. I want to talk about former Toronto Blue Jays manager John Gibbons getting onto Twitter. Uh... I think that Jalen Ramsey fully deserves to be roasted over his comments about what he said about Josh Allen a couple of years ago, regardless of what James Palmer has to say. And uh, every team in the NFL maybe needs to kick themselves a little bit for not taking Josh Allen. You know who definitely does? The Browns, the Giants, the Jets, the Broncos, the Colts. They should all be ashamed of themselves. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. I never get to pitch myself. I'm pitching my guests all week. It's kind of nice to be going solo again, eh? Get the lights on for everybody watching. That. Oh, there we go. That's better. All right. Let's do this. It's time to get this show started because it's showtime. Turn off the music. What's going on, people? Hope you're all doing well today. You know, there's been people who've been watching me since 2017, back when I used to host a little show called Dear Pats Nation. And I think the people who truly know me know that my style of broadcasting is not journalistic. It's satire mixed with some real opinion. It's amazing to me though, how many people take me serious on a day-to-day basis. I love it. There's people who are listening to this podcast right at this second. There are people who are listening to my explanation of satiredness and are still going to be like, Ray's fucking arrogant, man. Ray doesn't know anything about football. Ray doesn't know anything about sports. I don't. I'm the director of sports for the Dean Blundell Network. And fucking most of you probably know more about sports than I do. Life's not fair. That's the lesson here. But I've been taking a lot of heat the last couple of days since the Who's Got Next podcast that I'm arrogant, that I think I'm a big shot. That's why we have returned to shades because I think that I did my best work in my shades days. That was peak arrogance for me. That was peak cockiness. And I decided that tonight was probably the night to bring him back. I don't know if it's going to be a full-time thing, but it is for today. So listen, Jeff Passions tweeted this out. He said, Major League Baseball's competition committee has voted to implement a pitch clock and ban defensive shifts starting in 2023. It is official 15-second clock with bases empty, 20 with runners on, and two fielders on each side of second bags. Second base bag. Both feet on the dirt. And I think that Major League Baseball is making a huge mistake here. 
I can tell you right now from the people that I speak to, 99% of baseball fans, especially the young ones, the core demographic that you're trying to attract to your game, they go to baseball games to watch defense, low-scoring games, and long games. If a baseball game doesn't go at least three and a half hours and end 2-1, was there really a point of watching? Next thing you know, Major League Baseball is going to be telling me that, oh, we're going to start holding our terrible umpires accountable. We're going to actually allow managers to challenge strikes and balls on strike three. We're not going to allow stupid human beings that can't do their job properly to dictate a game. Don't do that. Why are you trying to ruin the game of baseball by implementing entertainment value? I mean, I may be somebody who says that baseball was better with steroids. It was. That doesn't mean that you have to take steps forward to make baseball a better game. I mean, I've, I've only been calling for a pitch clock for the last 10 years, especially when you watch teams like the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox. I mean, you really screwed up last year when you made it mandatory that a pitcher when they come in as a reliever has to pitch to at least three batters. I mean, I missed a guy coming in, throwing a pitch, letting up a hit, and then another break in the action so another pitcher can come in, throw a pitch, strike a guy out, and then make another pitching change. I missed those days. Games are finishing too early now. I don't want to go to bed at midnight for a game that started at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. What the hell is Major League Baseball thinking? In case you didn't know, I was being sarcastic. I, I like it. I like that Major League Baseball is finally starting to address the ridiculousness of some of their rules. And listen, I understand that managers and players are like, we don't care about the entertainment factor. We don't care if the fans are entertained. We're trying to win ball games. We want to win a World Series. Our fans will be highly entertained if we go to the World Series. And that's true. We see that's a, a prime example of that is here in Toronto. When the Blue Jays suck and they're not returning from COVID-19, you can go get tickets for 30 bucks and sit behind home plate. No, no bullshit. I want to say it was back in mm, 2006, maybe 2007. My wife and I on a Friday night went and watched the Toronto Blue Jays versus Detroit Tigers. I got there early. I went to Scalpers. I bought tickets for 35 bucks a piece. They were 20 rows up behind home plate. I mean, premium seats. Because nobody cared about the Blue Jays because they sucked. Now, when they got to the playoffs, the stadium was rocking. But only so many teams go to the playoffs. Only so many teams go to the ALCS. Only so many teams go to the Super Bowl and only one, or the Super Bowl, the World Series. And only one team wins the World Series. You need to try to inject youth and inject personality and inject entertainment into the game of baseball. Now, I had Casey Stern on this week, and we discussed how baseball players do it to themselves. Mike Trout is one of the most marketable players in the game, and he's vanilla. 
You got Otani. Okay, there's an international flair there, but you've literally got the, the modern-day Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle playing on the same team. And Major League Baseball has done a shitty job marketing the game. You got guys swinging on 3-0 pitches and blowouts and their own team and manager blasting them. Baseball is boring. And I'm a baseball fan, but baseball is boring. It's long, it's slow, and things like the shift and banning steroids and having all these long meetings and guys stepping out of the box and this, this, and that, and timeouts and all of that kind of stuff has slowed down and made baseball boring. I mean, if you're at a ball game, I like to hear ice cold beer because beer will make baseball better. You don't need beer to enjoy football. You don't need beer to enjoy hockey. And I'm not even a hockey fan. But if I go to a Leaf game, I don't need a beer to enjoy the game. I get wrapped up in the moment, you know? I don't get wrapped up in the moment when I'm at a Jays game. I need a few beers to have a good time. Basketball, you don't you don't need alcohol at basketball. So I love that baseball has finally done something to try to improve what has become a shitty product. So, you know, Bill Belichick deserves all the hate in the world, right? Bruce Allen tweeted this out. He said, apparently the Patriots beat is so toxic that Bill Belichick is now giving exclusives to Dan Shaughnessy. Dan Shaughnessy, obviously, of the Boston Globe, highly respected writer. New England Patriots fan base loves him because he just tells it how it is. There's no bias to him. He's not purposely toxic to the New England Patriots. He's not a blowhard that loves the sound of his own voice. Bill Belichick is avoiding the Patriots media like a plague. I don't understand why. Is it because they've all talked about Mac Jones regressing? Maybe. Is it because Flager and Bedard went on NBC and said that the reason that Kendrick Bourne has had such a slow start to the season is because of the New England Patriots. They blame the Patriots for Kendrick Bourne recording zero catches, zero yards, and zero touchdowns before the season started. I, I don't, listen, maybe it is their fault. Maybe Bill Belichick needs to find a way for the Patriots to start playing football before the rest of the NFL does. Because if he can't, then it's bullshit. He's not doing his job. What kind of coach and, and GM is he? All these Patriot fans out there, right? Oh, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. Pfft. Patriots ain't going to win for another 50 years. They're going to be cursed for not letting Tom Brady on the team. God, why wouldn't Bill Belichick want to talk to that every day? You got those weirdos like Mike Reese who try to take balanced approaches. Like, who, who the fuck wants a balanced, unbiased, unnegative, unmedia, you know, unattention, unclickbaity opinion? Nobody wants that. People want the anger. That's why Fledger and Mass, I think their ratings are like, like I think twenty to one next to the the next person because sports fans love controversy. Right? It's not cool unless you're screaming and yelling at somebody. It's a very American thing, too. 
And I'm in a really unique position because I have both a Canadian and an American audience. And the Canadian audience is used to sports talk radio where it's, it's fucking vanilla. It's boring. It's not risque at all. They have dumb and stupid conversations. Like the guys who were alluding to the fact that Bo Bichette should have been a part of a trade package at the trade deadline. How stupid do they look now? But it's vanilla. And then you go on the American side where it's either manufactured de- a manufactured debate like Stephen A. Smith versus whoever, Shannon Sharp versus Skip Bayless. If you guys haven't seen it, go find the video of Skip Bayless arguing with himself about Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's total proof of how everything is manufactured and nobody, I don't think that half the time they believe what they're saying themselves. They just have to go in a different direction than the other person. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you why I believe that Max Kellerman didn't succeed with ESPN and working on first take and and working with Stephen A. Smith. I don't believe that Max Kellerman succeeded because I think that Kellerman, as dumb as his takes may have sounded, and some of them were dumb, like Tom Brady's going to be a bum and fall off a cliff. We all remember that, Max. I think the reason, though, that it didn't work was because I think Max Kellerman was genuine. I think that he agreed with Stephen A. Smith too much when he was on a counterpoint. Because who wants genuine when you're listening to broadcasting, right? You want satire disguised as real. What I can promise all of you is that if you pay attention to me, you will know when I'm spewing satire and you will know when I'm being truthful. And that's one of the truest things I could say right now, because I'm going to be genuine with you. I'm going to give real opinion. I might amp it up a little bit and hype it through the roof, but I'm going to give you real opinions, but I'm also going to give you bullshit. And I'm hoping that I can, I make it obvious enough when you know that I'm just being a dick And you know when I'm just being real. Okay, I can't do these sunglasses anymore. (sighs) Ah, fuck it. Put them back on. We're rocking and rolling. Has anybody followed John Gibbons on Twitter yet? If you are a Toronto Blue Jay fan, actually, if you're just a baseball fan in general, Follow John Gibbons at John Gibbons 05. Like if you expect John Gibbons Twitter timeline to look a certain way, you're probably correct. I mean, there are not many people on this earth that I can read their Twitter, like their Twitter feed and hear their voice. John Gibbons is one of them. And I love Gibby. I think anybody in Toronto loves Gibby. If, you, if you're from Toronto and you don't love Gibby, you just don't like things. You're just a miserable person that wants to remain miserable the rest of their life because John Gibbons is a fucking gem. He put out a thing yesterday that said, I have a friend who has sex two to three times a day, reads two books a week, works out every day, And still complains daily that he's in prison. (laughs) John Givens tweeted that out. 
John Gibbons is the fucking man. And I think that if you want to treat yourself, you got to go watch him. I wrote a piece about it on DeanBundell.com. Go check it out. Uh, I posted a bunch of his shit. I mean, I love Gibby. Think about, like, dude, that guy went toe-to-toe. Toe-to-toe with Josh Donaldson. Didn't blink an eye. Went fisticuffs with Ted Lilly. Didn't give a fuck. Told Shay Hillenbrand, fuck you. Get out of my out of my locker room. Gibby don't give a fuck, man. And you don't give a fuck on Twitter either. And that's why you're going to like him. I promise you, that's why you're going to like him. None of that was satire. I love John Gibbons. I am professing my love for John Gibbons on this show tonight. Jalen Ramsey got torched last night. Torched. Both on the field and on Twitter. And totally deservingly so. I don't have the stats in front of me because why would I? But I'm pretty sure that I saw that Josh Allen had a perfect quarterback ranking throwing against Jalen Ramsey, like a hundred something yards and passing on him, a touchdown. And Jalen Ramsey was basically getting slaughtered on Twitter because a few years ago he did that big member expose interview when he called out all those guys. And he said that the Buffalo Bills screwed up, drafted Josh Allen, and he's trash. Trash, I tell you. After getting roasted, after looking like one of the most pedestrian cornerbacks in the NFL last night, Thursday night, we don't want to timestamp things, Thursday night, people were just reminding Jalen Ramsey of his comments. James Palmer comes out today and tweets, why is everyone using the Jalen Ramsey quote about Josh Allen like he said it this week? It was before Allen even played it down, and he wasn't alone in his opinion of the pick at the time. Actually, plenty of Bills fans didn't like the pick. Shut up, Meg. He called him trash. Trash. He called him trash before he played a game in the NFL. And you're 100% correct. There were Bills fans who weren't happy with the Josh Allen pick. They weren't calling him trash. And those guys have had to live up to it. We've all been there, James. I remember a certain Patriots fan who, after week four of the 2017 season, sent out a tweet about Stephon Gilmore and said, I've had a fuck enough. Cut this bum. Yeah, I remember that. And that guy has been called out on it over and over and over again, especially after the Patriots won the Super Bowl the next year. The five minutes after winning, he checks his Twitter account and boom, somebody had found it. And somebody had bookmarked that tweet for a long time. Good for you for doing it. That somebody was me. Because we all have dumb, stupid takes. The best thing for Jalen Ramsey to do would be to own this shit. Be like, yo, I fucked up. I said this kid was trash and he slapped me around yesterday like I was his bitch because that's what happened, James. See, we live in this world where people don't want to be accountable for their words. I've had to live up to the accountability of it. 
Now, I totally understand the relentlessness. People don't need to be relentless about it. Last year, I said the Patriots were going to win six to eight games. They won 10. I was doing a live stream with Connor this year. And that comment must have got brought up like 50 times by this guy. And I kept, I must have acknowledged it on air live 20 times. Dude, I get it. I was wrong. Really fucking wrong. And then he brought it up again. And I was like, yeah, dude, I was wrong. I looked like an idiot. And then he brought it up again. And I'm like, all right, dude, I don't know how many fucking times I can tell you that I got it wrong. Because I did. And I fucking deserve to be torched, but not by the same person. I deserve to be torched 50 times that night. I didn't deserve to be torched 50 times by the same person because that's stupid. And James Palmer coming out here and trying to defend Jalen Ramsey for his comments. Shut the fuck up, James. I am so sick of the holier-than-thou bullshit that comes from the media, not just the mainstream media, but the alternative media, the Twitter media, all that media out there. It happens on the Dean Blundell Network all the time. Living this little vacuum of virtue. I'm not calling anybody out in particular because it ain't just the boys that do the Dean Blundell show. It's other people, including Ray Rout, the host of Ray Sports Rant, writer for the Dean Blundell Network at DeanBlundell.com. Director of sports at DeanBlundell.com, where you can find all those articles at DeanBlundell.com. You can follow him on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. DPN underscore Ray. Follow him on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Lives in that same vacuum. We need to be accountable for our actions, for our words, and to ourselves. And if we're not being accountable to ourselves, then we need others to hold us accountable. That is what's happening to Jalen Ramsey right now. And he doesn't need James Palmer coming in and sticking his big, stupid nose into the matter that has nothing to do with him. Jalen Ramsey said that Josh Allen is trash. Josh Allen then turned him over and gave it to him, which means that Bills fans and football fans in general have all the right in the world to throw it in Jalen Ramsey's face. That's how it works, James Palmer. So shut up. <sighs> you know what we learned last night? We learned what we already knew. We learned that Josh Allen is a fucking freak. He's a big, tall, pasty, white gazelle, muscular gazelle that just makes things happen on the field. Fucking phenomenal to watch. And, you know, I think that, I mean, listen, being a fan of the New England Patriots, I watched the Patriots produce a goat. And I got to watch a goat play football for 20 years. The Bills get a gazelle. Josh Allen's never going to be the goat because he's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. There's no argument around it. When somebody else wins seven championships, we'll start having that conversation. And yes, because Dan Marino never gets brought into the top three quarterback conversation, Super Bowls are quarterback stats. So fucking deal with it. But Josh Allen's going to be really fucking good for a long, long time. And you know what? I mean, if the Bills never win a Super Bowl, and they may not, like once the lovable loser, always the lovable loser, it's not going to be because of Josh Allen. Josh Allen's going to give them the best chance that they ever had. If they don't win the Super Bowl this year, holy fuck, it's going to be the most disappointing year ever. 
for Bills fans. It's got to be. How could it not be? Shit is gross. So sick of it already. But I want to uh, show you this draft here. Went up with my boy, master at work. Said Browns twice, Giants, Jets, Broncos, and Colts all passed on Josh Allen. All those all those GMs need to be fired immediately. Number one pick overall that year, Baker Mayfield. And when Baker Mayfield wins the Super Bowl with the Carolina Panthers this year, he's going to show why he should have been before Josh Allen. Saquon Barkley, Giants, second overall. Sam Darnold, when he wins the Super Bowl with the Carolina Panthers this year behind Baker Mayfield, he's going to show why he should have been picked before Josh Allen. Browns, Denzel Ward. Broncos, Bradley Chubb, Colts, Quentin Nelson. In fairness, I think that Andrew Luck hadn't retired mid-game yet. So maybe you can't blame Ballard. He's got Matt Ryan. And the seventh overall goes Josh Allen. Of course, that's after the Buffalo Bills traded away the 10th overall pick to the Kansas City Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes. People are like, oh, he gave it Mahomes, he gave it Mahomes. <laughs> And then I remember having conversations before last season where I was like, yo, Josh Allen is forever going to be compared to Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, we got Tredavious White out of it. You didn't just get Tredavious White. You got the better fucking quarterback. Sorry, Chiefs fans. Josh Allen, not Patrick Mahomes, is the best quarterback in the NFL. I hope one day to say Mac Jones. But come on now. Come on now. All right. That's it. Hit my music. Thank you to everybody who tuned in to Ray's Sports Rant today. If you watched on YouTube, make sure that you hit that like button and subscribe to this channel and never, ever, ever miss an episode of Ray's Sports Rant. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray, and you can find tons and tons of great sports content over at DeanBlundell.com. I don't got nothing left to say to none of y'all. So never forget, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what anybody has said to you, no matter what you have thought about yourself, you're all legit, kid. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, SayTheDamnScore.com.